spirit-filled disciples of Christ, they're running around in this hour and they're binding this and they're loosing that. They're doing it with such a, a, such a fervency, you can even see the veins pop out of their neck. And you can see their eyes bulging with fervency and determination. They're binding all this or loosing up all that, all in the name of Jesus. I love the giving message today, Sue. i got to just tell you that right now. How simple but how profound. It's already done. When he said, according to his word, it's just already done. See, that's all part, this is all part of the binding and loosing too. See, we in the church, we get to these traditions, and, and we have to end every prayer saying the phrase, in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, if you pray anything in my name, I hear it, right? And, I, and I'll, I'll bring that to pass. But you realize praying in the name of Jesus is more than just putting that phrase in the name of Jesus after your petition. Praying in the name of Jesus is praying in the character and the nature and the oneness of your union with him. Don't you know that the devil and all the demons and yes, even angels know who you are? We're the only ones sometimes that don't know who we are because we get too caught up in things of this world. So we think if we just put that little tag, that phrase, in the name of Jesus, it's going to be done. But it's not going to be done if it's not done in your heart to begin with. And so it is with binding and loosing, which today that's what I'm going to be talking about. You can go around all you want and say, I bind you devil in the name of Jesus. You take your hands off of my property. You take your hands off of my family. You take your hands off of my harvest in Jesus' name. That sounds spiritual, doesn't it? And you know, if you say it in the right heart as you're one with the Lord, it's powerful and it's effective and it's done. But just to say it, just to say that thing, I bind you and then I loose you, but you're not one with Jesus. You haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. You're still doing your own thing because you just don't want to die to self. You just want to keep on living your life the way you've been living it. But by God, I know who I am in Jesus. Do you? Do you? Do you know who you are in Jesus? And as I've been telling you, from the beginning of this calendar year, I said, God is doing something new in our midst. It's not going to be the same as it was yesterday. In fact, even what happened yesterday, it's, it's, it's even more new now. I want you to think with me this morning, because I'm slaying all kinds of sacred cows. And some of these things that we just believe, just believe, just believe, but we really don't believe. We believe in tradition, we believe in maybe what's been taught to us, but we've never gained the revelation of these, right. these biblical principles. Right. And listen, you have to take ownership of it in order for it to be effective in your life. Does binding and loosing really mean what it means, what we think it means? Is it just connected to spiritual warfare and that's it? Hmm. God's doing a new thing in this hour. And it's, bring, it's bringing us up into our full maturity as sons in Jesus. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. That's, that's so huge in my spirit. And it's just like, 
Some of you think, well, I know this already. I went to Bible school, and I had this taught, and I did that, and I've even taught this before. Well, good for you. I'm glad that you went to Bible school, and I'm glad that you taught it, and I'm glad you got a revelation. I truly am. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not, I'm not being cute. But God's taken us into a whole new level, you understand. He's bringing us up into a whole new revelation of it because what we've had in the past is not going to cut it tomorrow or even today. God's coming back for a mature church, a clean church, a church that's without spot or wrinkle, a church that's on fire for him, a church that's truly convicted by his spirit, a church that sounds like him, looks like him, walks like him, talks like him. A church that isn't full of themselves, but a church that is truly full of Him. Amen. Amen. I hate posturing and posing. People that think that they're something and they're nothing. The church is only as strong as its weakest link. And we truly will not walk in victory until everyone in the church is walking in victory. It was, it was interesting because Pastor Molina from Destiny, as we sat at our own table on Thursday, he said, hey, man, I just got to pose this question to you. He goes, what are we going to do? And he was sitting right across from me. He goes, what are we going to do if one of the sheep comes to us this cord, I, you know this cord, one of these days, I'm, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> one of our sheep would come to us and say, you're associated with Pete Barbie? Are you kidding me? If you're associated with him, then I'm not going to be a part of this church. He goes, what are we going to say when one of the sheep come? Because they didn't get their way. Because they weren't willing to die to self. I sat there for a minute because he said it to me, and I just thought, I, I'm not going to answer it. And one of the other pastors said, what we're going to say is, I know Pastor Pete Barbie's heart, and he would never, ever do anything to harm anyone. Then another pastor said, well, what I do is I would say, well, let's just call Pastor Pete right now and see what he has to say. And in times past, there have been, not every pastor, but there have been pastors that their hearts haven't been right. The motive of their heart hasn't been right. All they wanted to do was build a mega church. Can I tell you something in this hour? There's nothing wrong with mega churches if they're following the Lord. I'm not bashing them at all. We need them all. But the days of mega, one single man or woman church are over. This new move of God is all of us in this room, given of our supply, all of us. Everyone in this room, every one of you, you are mature believers. Everyone in this room could get up here and preach a message right now. Every one of you could lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Every one of you in the name of Jesus, because you know who you are in Christ, could cast out demons. Every one of you could do it. The days of class are over in the body of Christ. No one has to carry my Bible in this service because I'm capable of carrying my own Bible. Yeah. 
God's just doing something new. I keep telling you that. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 11, we know the scripture. We know it. It says Jesus, he himself, he's speaking to Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? Verse 12 tells us. He gave us those ministry office gifts for the equipping of you, for the equipping of me. Because I can learn things still, even though I'm a pastor. I can learn from an apostle. I can learn from another pastor. I can learn from you. I learn from my son all the time. He tells me some things and I'm going, I don't want to tell him he's right, but he really is right. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. How long are these fivefold offices here? Don't you dare listen to anybody that says we don't need the church. The church is insignificant. We don't have to come to church. That's a pit lie from, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Don't you dare listen to that. That's demonic. This is not a season to be a lone ranger. This is not a time to be separate. You be separate, you, you might not make heaven your home. You be separate, you stay away from the body of Christ, you're going to miss a whole lot. Amen. He says, that's here until we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect, that word perfect means a mature, a mature man, to the measure. Notice it says, to a mature man, singular Every one of us makes up this mature man. Who are we representing? We're representing Jesus Christ. We come together and we, we come as one. We submit to one another because we first submitted to Jesus. We come together and we can present Jesus to the world, you see. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, by speaking the truth in love. May we grow up. See, we need to speak the truth in love. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be so thin-skinned. Tell him, don't be so fragile. Listen. You guys don't have a problem telling me when you, don't, when you see something in me you don't like. <laughs> we need to be the same way with one another. Amen. Would you rather somebody tell you that you got a piece of food stuck in your front tooth uh, than to just have you go through the whole day looking like an idiot? We need to come along and speak the truth in love so we can grow up together into the head, which is Christ, from whom the whole body is knit together. It's knit together how? By what every joint, every joint, every joint. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been with Jesus. I don't care if you feel like you're gifted or talented. You have something to give. And when everyone in the church gives of their supply, then the body can grow and it can be the full nature of Jesus. And then the world will see that there is somebody who loves them, someone who came to save them and to set them free. Glory to God. We won't have our governors saying that the church is insignificant. Because we've come to that full measure of Christ. 
What does it mean to bind and loose? To bind something is to tie it up, to restrain it, to declare unlawful, to prohibit or forbid. Say this after me. To bind means to forbid. Bind means to forbid. To lose something then means to release, declare lawful, or permit. I want you to say this after me. To lose means to permit. So binding and loosing is we bind or we forbid something. We forbid an attitude. We forbid a, a lifestyle. We forbid a certain way of thinking. Amen. Amen. And then when we loose, we're permitting. We're permitting God's word. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. Let it be done. Yeah. You don't have to take the word of anybody else. Everybody's got opinions, you know. Because they all got noses. I know I messed that up. But it's like everybody has an opinion. Not everybody's opinion is right. Not every opinion that you just conjure up in your head is right. But according to your word, Lord, you can always say amen to that. And so we're coming into a season where the Lord's saying, I want you to mature now. Watch what you're thinking. Watch what you're meditating upon. I tell you this all the time. You that are stuck to that Facebook and all that stuff, be careful what you are feeding your spirit. Amen. Not everything is thus saith the Lord. Amen. Be careful who you allow to lay hands on you. Amen. The Bible says do not let somebody just suddenly lay hands on you. And if someone goes and starts to put hands on you, what I always do in the spirit is I say, I'll just receive what you have, Lord. Anything else I reject. Any soulish things I reject in the name of Jesus. I take authority over it right now as they're praying for me and their hands are on me. Not everybody that says they're prophet so-and-so always gets it 100% right. Because we're all mere men. And we can miss it. So it's up to us to decide what we're going to, what we're going to uh, forbid or what we're going to permit. God's given us that choice. It's called a free will. I can't make you be in church. Nor am I going to try. It's too much work. If you want to come to church, come to church. If you don't want to come to church, well, then you just don't come to church. But we got to keep moving forward, you see. we got to keep moving on to what God's called us to do. Not making excuses for why we don't. Do you realize that there's only two times in the Bible, say two times, that that phrase, that biblical concept of binding and loosing are found? And do you know who uses it? Jesus. Jesus is the only one that ever said anything about binding and loosing. And they're both found in the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Matthew in Matthew chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 18. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say about binding and loosing? Again, those two passages, let's just look at them. And as we look at them and we read them this morning, I want you to keep in your mind this question. What is the context behind those two references in Matthew chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 18. 
Because sometimes I think what we do, especially the Word of Faith camp, we do this. We take one verse and we just, we're going to memorize that verse. We're going to get that verse down in our spirit. And there's nothing wrong with storing the Word in our heart. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But if we just take one verse and we don't read the verses before or after, we can take it out of context and we can start getting inside of us where we start permitting a wrong doctrine. So you have to take the context in which those scriptures are being read. So let's look at Matthew chapter 18. Turn there with me. Are you awake this morning? Say amen. Matthew 18, starting in verse 15. Jesus said this, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Hmm. Between you and everybody on your Facebook page you share with that person. No. Between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother, but if he will not hear, take with you one or more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, Jesus, now he, he ends all of this by saying this. Assuredly, I say to you. In other words, he's saying, take this to the bank. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He goes on to say, again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Hmm. The first reference to binding and loosing then is dealing with discipline how to handle discipline of a disciple of Christ. Say the first time, Jesus talks about binding and loosing. It's dealing with discipline in the disciple's heart. A brother or sister's caught in sin, right? And they're confronted with their sin. You do it between them and yourself. One person confronting another one person. The person brings back, because they don't receive it, brings back another one or two more trusted people in the body of Christ to confront that, to, to be a, have a witness. If the person still refuses to repent, then they're brought before the church. And if they still refuse to listen, this person is then removed. And in other words, they're forbidden. They're bound to be part of that church fellowship any longer. Can I tell you something, church? I know this is going to sound harsh. And I'm not meaning to make it sound harsh. But this is serious business. And the reason why the church has been very impotent is because we've allowed too much junk to remain going on in our churches. Amen. We've allowed drinking, this isn't in this church, this will never happen in this church, but we've allowed drinking to be allowed for people that are on the platform. We've allowed sexual sin to remain. 
And I'm here to tell you something. God's a holy God. He's a just God. And he's a loving God. And he's very, very long-suffering. But because we're coming into a season where his glory is increasing, we must, we must, we must do what Jesus said here. And if you have aught with anybody in the body, or if you see anyone in the body, it, it is our responsibility with a heart of love to go to them and share with them what you see. You're doing them a favor and you're doing the whole church a favor by doing that. They don't listen, then you bring two or three others with you. And then it comes before the church. Unsavory, sinful living, where people say that Jesus is Lord, but they haven't given him full access to their, whole, their lives to be Lord. It has to be dealt with. Hmm. Jesus backs up this decision. Why? For two reasons. Number one, because Jesus has given us the keys of the kingdom. Jesus has given you and me the keys of the kingdom. When the church is under his lordship, then heaven sanctions the actions that we take in administering the righteous discipline that needs to happen. The second reason is because there is power, or we could say we've been given the keys of the kingdom to operate, I can take my keys out. And this church is like Fort Knox. The pastors before me, they had, they had everything's locked. I mean, every door has a lock on it. And not every key opens up all those doors, right? Right? You went through all the keys. You know what I'm talking about. Am I true? Am I saying the right thing? And there are times when I'm looking for something, and I go downstairs, and of course the door's locked. And of course I try all my many different keys. If I put the wrong key in, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. But when I put the right key in, guess what? I have access then into that room to get that which I need. Do you hear what I'm saying? God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. There isn't anything that God has not allowed us to have access to. The healing that you're believing for is available to you. What are you forbidding and what are you permitting so you can walk in that full healing? I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not... I'm not putting my finger down on anybody. I'm not in your situation. I don't know what you go through every day as you're, you're, you're faced with that condition. But church, there comes a time when we just got to stand up, realize that we've been given the keys of the kingdom, and we don't have to stay in that state that we're in that's unfavorable, that we don't like. We can walk out of that thing in the name of Jesus. I said we can walk out of that thing. We got to use the right key to get in there, you understand. And grab a hold of what God's given us. Hallelujah. Amen. It's important to note. It's important to note in that scripture, Jesus is talking about somebody who's given their heart to Jesus because he says, when a brother or sister, that isn't an unbeliever. That's somebody that should know better. Amen? 
Let's get really quiet in this place today, I know. I don't mean to get in your, yeah, I do mean to get in your business, because I love you. We have, to, we have to get things taken care of. Now listen, there's a correct way to do this. Again, let me just remind you what Jesus said. Number one, it's in private. If that doesn't work, then it's with a witness. If that doesn't work, it's before the whole church. And then the church is going to have to make a decision. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. How many have said, I wish we could walk in the power of the early church? Anybody? Okay. Well, what did the early church do? How did they handle it? In chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians, there's immorality that's in the church. And Paul says this, starting in verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles. He goes, you guys, you should know better. This is expected for people that are in the world, but not people that are supposed to be born again. That a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed must be taken away from, uh, from among you. For I indeed, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged, as though I were present, him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. See, you're doing that brother or sister a favor, you understand. It's better for them to get it right now and be uncomfortable here on earth. But how many know when we stand before the judgment seat of Jesus, that's it? There is no turning back. There's no redos at that time. Your glorifying is not good. Do you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. What feast is he talking about? The feast of unleavened bread. You realize that feast, that Passover feast, before Passover came, the Jews were instructed to go throughout their whole house and remove every bit of leavening agent that they had. They could not have any leavening agent. Why? Because leavening agents in the Bible always represent sin. And here Paul's saying, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. When we just turn the other way and just allow these behaviors to continue and we don't deal with them, it hinders what Jesus Christ wants to do in the church. All right. But he says in verse 8, look at this. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven. In other words, let's keep the feast, not with the old way we used to live before we came to Jesus nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness. In other words, those of us that are, are, are here to restore that brother or sister that's caught in sin, that is unwilling to repent, we can't come down on them with malice, right? Because then we're just as guilty as they are, if not even more so. Amen. But he says we need to come with sincerity and truth. We need to come in the genuineness of the Lord. Amen. With a disposition that's even-tempered. 
that's tranquil, that's balanced in spirit. Amen. It's unpretentious. He says, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. And then verse 2 tells us that, well, I, I was in Galatians here. In Galatians 2, it tells us that we are to bear, bear one another's burdens, and so we fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. So this is what binding and loosing means in the first instance that Jesus is talking about. It has everything to do with dealing with discipline in the body of Christ. And God's doing a new thing. And the old leaven that we could get by with yesterday is not going to be accepted today. Holiness truly is where God's taking us. didn't even get to the second one. If I get to the second one, I'm going to keep here till three. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to stay here till three, do you? No. The second one is just as important. Because where the first one is dealing with discipline for the disciple, the second binding and loosing in context, what Jesus was saying, has to deal with Building the church, number one. And number two, building the kingdom inside of you and me. Amen. How many want to see the church built up? Yes. How many want to see the kingdom of God inside of you built up? Yes. Then come in two weeks, and I'll tell you. Next week, Eze is going to be preaching. He's going to do a great job. I want you to come. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we thank you and we praise you for today. We thank you for the wonderful work you're doing in all of us, my God. Lord, none of us are capable of trying to fix ourselves and make ourselves more righteous. No. You have done that already because as we're going to discover what has been bound here on earth has already been bound up in heaven and what has been loosed on this earth has already been loosed up in heaven the bottom line is you just want us to come into agreement with what you've said about us and so father I thank you for just moving upon this whole congregation and bringing us to that realization of who we are in Jesus in such a strong, undeniable way that when we open our mouth, it isn't our words that are being released, but it's you, Jesus. Amen. When people see us, they don't see us, but they see your love in us. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you that this body is growing up into maturity in the fullness of you, Jesus. And I bless them, my God. I bless them. Everything that their hands touch, may it prosper for you, my God. And I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord.